Good morning, everyone. It's really great to see you all today. Um, happy Advent, <laughs> happy Thanksgiving, and all of that. So, uh, worship team, thanks so much for that really sweet time of worship as you helped us to center our hearts and minds on Jesus. Um, yeah, it's really great to see everyone today. Uh, those of you who are here, welcome. Those of you all watching online, welcome. We're so glad you're tuning in today. Uh, my name is John, and I serve as one of the pastors here. So I'd love to just pray for us as we uh, begin uh, our Advent series. Let's pray together. Gracious God, our hearts are full um, as we've had this time to um, kind of turn our gaze upon you. We thank you for the gift of your son and your love. And so as we gather here today, we gather in your name, and we pray that you would speak to us, God, that we would be open to whatever word you have to say to us, that we might also be a blessing to one another as we gather today as a community in Christ. In your name we pray, amen. Well, uh, as you guys heard read earlier uh, in the worship set, today marks the first Sunday of Advent. And so Advent usually begins, it, it begins the, f- the four Sundays prior to Christmas. Uh, and the word Advent means coming or arrival. And so during the Advent season, we are waiting. We are waiting with eager anticipation for the coming of Jesus. And as I think about this idea of waiting, I think it's something we all really need right now. I need it right now. So uh, the other day, for example, uh, I was turning left into a Costco parking lot, and it was just all-out chaos. I swear, like, there were multiple people trying to turn left, and everyone just simultaneously decided they were done waiting. And so everyone just kind of just went. And I wondered to myself as I was watching madness unfold, you know, has everyone just suddenly become demon-possessed? It was, it was really disheartening, actually, as, I, as the holiday season was underway. And I think about when I go to Amazon and I'm, I'm shopping for things, I've noticed that there are a lot more products that have same-day delivery. So I can actually buy something on a Monday, and it will arrive on a Monday. It's, I'm like, how do they do this? Uh, nowadays, there are very few products that I will buy that don't come with, you know, prime two-day shipping. So I'm getting conditioned to expect things to come very quickly. And so now when I go to other retailers and the estimate is like three to five business days, I actually feel a little offended. I'm like, who has that much time to wait for these things to come? So needless to say, I, we are collectively being conditioned to be very bad at waiting, which is problematic spiritually, isn't it? Because so much of our life with God, so much of our spiritual lives is about waiting. Uh, you know, we are waiting for God to show up. We are God, waiting for God to answer a prayer. We are waiting for God to send help. We are waiting for God to give guidance. And so I find that Advent, this season of Advent, every year, it serves as this annual and necessary reminder that our waiting is not in vain. Because at Advent, God showed up. He answered prayer. He sent help. He gave guidance. Because as we just sung about at Advent, God sent his very own son, whom we called Jesus. And nothing has ever been the same since. For the next few weeks, our message series is called Advent Stories. 
And we're going to be looking at the lives of men and women in the Old Testament whose stories look forward, whose stories anticipate the coming of Jesus. And all of these people, they waited with patient endurance for God to fulfill his promise to send a deliverer, a liberator, a savior. And my hope is, our hope is that as we consider these stories, that we can draw inspiration for how we live our lives today as you and I wait for the second coming of Christ. And so this morning, I'm going to give a short message, and then we're going to have a time of open sharing uh, around the topic of who are you grateful to God for today. Right? So we'll have some sharing at the end of this, and I hope some of you will consider sharing. We kind of have a smaller crowd today, which actually works in our favor, right? Because it's a little bit less intimidating, and it'll just be like sharing among uh, friends new and old. So the text of Hebrews chapter 12, 1 to 2, and this is one of my favorite verses of all time. It says this. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. And let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus the pioneer and perfecter of faith. The writer of Hebrews starts off uh, what I consider a very epic exhortation with this phrase at the beginning. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, what's the writer talking about? Well, as always, the key to understanding this verse is to look at the context. And so what we'll see in chapter 11, the chapter just preceding this verse, is that the writer lists off this, uh, basically what, what biblical scholars and theologians have called the hall of faith, right? Heroes of the faith, men and women in the Old Testament who lived faithful lives, waiting for God's promise to be fulfilled. And so starting in verse of chapter 11, the writer says things like this. By faith, Abel offered to God a more acceptable sacrifice. By faith, Enoch was taken so that he did not experience death. By faith, Noah, warned by God about events yet unseen, respected the warning. By faith, Abraham obeyed. Then he goes on to say, by faith, Isaac, and by faith, Jacob, by faith, Joseph, by faith, Moses, by faith, these people, (laughs) By faith, Rahab, the prostitute. And then in verse 32, the writer says this, And what more shall I say? I don't have time to tell about Gideon, Barak, Samson, and Jephthah, about David and Samuel and the prophets, who through faith conquered kingdoms, administered justice, and gained what was promised, who shut the mouths of lions, quenched the fury of the flames, and escaped the edge of the sword, whose weakness was turned to strength, and who became powerful in battle and routed foreign armies. Women received back their dead, raised to life again. There were others who were tortured, refusing to be released so they might gain an even better resurrection. Some faced jeers and jogging and even chains and imprisonment. They were put to death by the, they were put to death by stoning. They were sawed in two. They were killed by the sword. They went about in sheepskins and goatskins, destitute, 
persecuted, mistreated. I love this line. The world was not worthy of them. They wandered in deserts and mountains, living in caves and in holes in the ground. These were all commended for their faith, yet none of them received what had been promised. Since God had planned something better for us, so that only together with us would they be made perfect. And then, in chapter 12, verse 1, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, and so the idea is as we are surrounded by this heavenly host of men and women who were faithful, you know, faithful against extreme circumstances. They endured. The world was not worthy of them. And despite the odds that they faced, they placed their hope, they placed their faith in God to deliver them. And none of them, as this text says, received the promise. None of them received the promise of the coming Messiah. They looked towards it. They were hoping for it. They were waiting for it. But we have. We, the church, have. We have received the promise. And the baton has been passed, so to speak. And so the writer encourages us to run. Now, you go run with perseverance. And so as we run, we fix our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. And while Jesus would have been more than sufficient, right, for us just to fix our eyes on Jesus, what God in his grace has done is to give us people, a cloud of witnesses, who, you know, out of the corner of our eye, we can see them cheering for us. People who have gone before us, they've lived a life of faithfulness. And as we run our race, I imagine, you know, you can, you can sort of imagine this crowd, this cloud of witnesses, and as we're running, fixing our eyes, at, our eyes on Jesus, out of the corner of our eyes, we can see others like, oh, hey, look, there's Abraham and Sarah. There's Esther. There's Naomi and Ruth and Deborah. There's Noah. There's David. There's Samson. There's all these people who have gone before us, and they're cheering for us. They are rooting Now, I want to make something very clear. This is neither nostalgia nor sentimentality. It's easy to uh, read this text like that. It can be tempting to uh, look at this in a really kind of like a warm, fuzzy sort of way. But there's something really profound that this text is trying to convey. And it's this, that our spiritual journeys are tethered they are tethered historically and communally to those who have gone before us, right? We're not just here on our own. We, there's a long line of people whom we are tethered to historically and communally, communally. And this is the idea of chapter 11, verse 40. Since God had planned something better for us so that only together with us would they be made perfect. And so the focus shifts the focus isn't just on me and you individually running our race. It is on us running the race together, carried on the shoulder of the saints of the past. 
and us running our race in such a way that hopefully it can inspire the generation that comes after us, right? All those little ones that we just dismissed. That hopefully the way we run our race as a faith village, as adults, might inspire them to run their race faithfully as well. And I think this is in direct contrast to our uh, hyper-individualized emphasis of, uh, you know, Western Protestant culture. Because what the gospel makes clear and what the scriptural witness makes clear is that God never intended for man or woman to go at it alone. We were created in community and we were created for community. And in God's grace, God continues to give us men and women to shape us, mold us, encourage us, correct us, confront us, to challenge us, right? These could be your parents, your grandparents, an aunt or uncle, a teacher, uh, a friend, a counselor, a mentor, a spiritual director. I mean, there's so many different people that God works through. And some of these people are no longer with us. They have joined the cloud of witnesses in heaven. Uh, If you recall back in August, uh, when I talked about some of the losses that we have experienced during the pandemic. And uh, yeah, this year, I think for many people, has been extremely difficult because of those losses. Um, I talked about the loss of Mike Holberg uh, as he uh, passed away due to COVID. Uh, I talked about the losses of Pastor Ed and Pastor Estella, spiritual giants in the Asian American community here in Houston. Um, This past week, on Tuesday, I learned that one of my childhood friends, uh, Jessica, she was part of the youth group that I, uh, you know, I grew up in in Cleveland, and uh, she was born with a congenital congenital heart issue, so she's had uh, multiple open heart surgeries throughout her life. She's about my one, one year older than me. And this past Tuesday, she passed away in her sleep. Um, after, you know, she had another open heart surgery, and that was a few months ago, and the recovery was really difficult. Um, and I, I suppose her body just didn't fully recover. Um, thankfully, uh, she passed away uh, peacefully in her sleep, and her hus- husband, when he found her, yeah, just said that, she had a peaceful uh, quality about her. Um, Jessica was a true light. Despite all of her health challenges, she had so, she just radiated, she radiated joy. She radiated light and faith. Um, she named our youth group Koinonia, which means fellowship. Uh, she was always uh, encouraging people. And so, uh, Yeah, when I think about Jessica, I think of someone who is faithful, who is faithful to Jesus, despite the hand that she was handed in life. And she now joins the cloud of witnesses in heaven. And still others, they continue to journey with us during our time here on this earth. And they are the ones who live out Hebrews chapter 10, 
in real time. Uh, they're the ones who fulfill this, right, where Hebrews says, let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. And so there are people in our lives, right, who run with us, and God in his grace has given us this cloud of witnesses who are now home with the Lord, and God has given us a community of people who journey with us, who cheer us on, who keep us going. And during the pandemic, as I've wrestled, I've wrestled with my own demons, and I've wrestled with continuing to walk with the Lord, when I've been tempted to stop in my tracks, it's really been people, even here in this community, in this church, that have helped me to get back up and to keep going. And all of us, we are wrestling with waiting. And we need one another to keep on waiting. And this waiting is multi-layered. We are waiting for the pandemic to end. When will it end? Only God knows. We are waiting to cross the finish line. We are waiting for Jesus to return. We are waiting for God's kingdom to come on earth as it is in heaven. We are waiting for justice to roll like waters. You know, how long we are waiting. We are waiting for new creation to be fulfilled. And as you and I wait, we thank God for Jesus. We thank God for Jesus, who is the pioneer and perfecter of faith. And we thank God for the people who have gone before us and who've gone next to us and journey with us and cheer us on and who say, don't give up, keep going. Um, I suppose this is the necessary corollary to what I shared last Sunday. If you were here last Sunday, I, I admitted that I've been feeling some dismay at what I've observed in the church with the capital C, the larger church, right? As we've seen leaders fall and as we've seen all sorts of uh, just ways that people in the name of Jesus are doing things that don't seem very Jesus-like, right? I shared my dismay at that. And it is a reality, right? Because we are a broken community, that there will be abuse of power, there will be pain, there will be hurt that we cause, injustice that we perpetuate. And we have to name that. We have to see it, call it for what it is, and repent. And at the same time, I can't let go of the fact that texts like these remind me that I cannot give up hope. I can't give up hope in the church because the church is also the beloved community. Right? It is the community that Jesus gave his very life for. And so there's no plan B. There's no giving up on the, on the body of Christ. The body of Christ is still tethered to Christ. It is still the community that Jesus loves. And I see, even in this community, ways in which God is so visibly at work. And that gives me hope and it gives me strength. And so those are the, the tensions that we live in, right? This broken community, yet this beautiful community. And I suppose we just have to hold on to both of those. But on this Advent sun Sunday, this is a time for encouragement. Uh, this is a time for giving thanks to God. And so uh, this morning, I want to ask the question, who are the people that God has put in your life who are part of your cloud of witnesses? 
Who are the people that have helped you get started in your spiritual journey? And who have been there along the way to keep you going? You know, maybe someone who's been a spiritual encourager, a mentor, a spiritual friend. Maybe it's a group of people that have been that for you. So in a moment, I'm going to open it up for a time of sharing. And I hope that uh, you will take that opportunity to share who those folks are in your lives. Um, I do want to say this, right? Sharing can be intimidating, uh, especially like in a venue like this. Uh, but I just want to remind us that uh, we're not sharing to be impressive, right? We are sharing to give thanks to God for the gifts that God has given to us through the different people who have been a part of our life. And who knows, maybe by your sharing, uh, it'll encourage one of us, someone in here, to be that kind of person for someone else. I think that's what happens when we hear these stories. And so I do want to encourage you to, you know, take a step of faith. It might feel uncomfortable. You might be nervous. You might not be sure what to say. It's fine. Um, just take that, yeah, just take that step and, and be willing to share with one another. Uh, just a few reminders before we get going with that. Uh, these are the ABCs of sharing, right? Just be audible. Hold the, hold the mic up. Uh, we will ask you to keep your mask on as you share, but you can just hold up the mic. It'll definitely catch your voice. Uh, be brief. Um, uh, you, know, you don't have to share your whole life story, right? So just keep it a minute or two. Um, that way other people can share as well. Um, be Christ-centered, right? This is about giving thanks to God for the gifts of the people who have been a part of our lives. Um, and so after the worship song, please come up and share. You can simply line up on the side here. We'll leave the mic right here, and you can just share from the floor, okay? Um, and finally, I do want to say, if you'd like to share this morning simply just about what God has been doing in your life, and it doesn't particularly rate, relate to someone in particular that you're grateful for, that's totally fine too, okay? It doesn't have to specifically follow prompt. Um, so this time, is, this time is ours. This time is yours our community, okay? Let's, uh, let's use it to give thanks to God, to honor the people who have been a part of our lives, and to encourage one another. So you can come up after the worship song. This is a simple song. We we're not going to put words up, but I think if you'd like to sing along, you'll, you'll catch on to the words. Thank you for loving me. 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 Let's put it on the um, <clears throat> the slide that has the questions so we can think about that as we sing. Thank you for finding me. 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 Thank you for
Softly, the mic is open. If you'd like to just come and share briefly. While I'm standing here, I'll get us started. <laughs> I was sitting with my family this past week uh, over Thanksgiving, and we were sharing what we're thankful for. And I just started ranting about access. <laughs> um, I love hearing Victor's voice out there in the morning, and I love. My friends, Josh and Carol, who invest so much in the youth. I love sitting with Josh and Linton and Robin, playing games with the youth and tutoring them a little bit during tutoring time. <laughs> and I love standing here in between others who love to worship. I just love worshiping and being with you guys. And I'm so, so, so grateful for all of you and letting me sit and be with your children and your youth. thankful for you. <laughs> this microphone right here is for everybody, right? Right, okay. Good morning, Access. Uh, I'm very thankful for all of you, and um, as John was talking this morning, I'm really thankful for my mother, who actually went home to be with the Lord about two years ago, around this time of year. And uh, she she was the person that really got me, um, you know, to focus on Jesus, and it took a long time, but uh, she was, she was always there walking alongside of me and praying for me and so I really I do really miss her this season um, but uh, I am privileged and honored to be moving into a beautiful new community out in El Paso as many of you have heard everything's come together and so I will be moving out there before Christmas and uh, this may be my last time I'm able to join you guys, but I'll carry you in my hearts, and I'm just very grateful for all that God has shown me this season I've been in Houston. Hey, why don't you extend a hand on Kim? She's been a beloved member of our community, and I'm glad you could be here so we could send you off. Yeah. Lord, we thank you for our friend Kim for her faith, uh, for her passion, for her calling. And um, thank you for what you're doing in her and through her as you have provided an awesome opportunity for an El Paso. And I pray that she would continue to be a faithful and bold light for you, calling others to see your kingdom of justice and goodness, Lord, in her work. And I also pray that you would comfort her as, uh, as she remembers her mom 
who was such a spiritual influence in her life, God. And we give you thanks for her. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Yeah. Big uh, house. I'm renting. two of those years have been in the pandemic and they've really been an anchor uh, for me and my my spiritual life and for friendships and I was skeptical at first thinking like how can I connect with people online and so deeply but um, even some of you were part of my life group um, I'm just really thankful for you all in your presence and your engagement and your openness um, it was a source of life for me really, really life-giving and an anchor in every month and every week that we met. So thank you. most of you know me at this point, but um, I'm thankful for, I mean, well, I guess everybody knows uh, worship is near and dear to my heart, so um, I'm really thankful for Jessica. I know I've told you many times already, but I'll say it as many times as I need to, because she stepped in in this place and where she didn't know any of us and just really filled the need that uh, we needed, and you've been able to lead us so well, and you've been able to connect with us so well, and I'm really thankful for your presence here. Um, I also really want to big, give a big shout out to Jonah, because he really stepped in, and he keeps things running back there, and uh, I would be lost, so <laughs> I'm really thankful for all of the worship team, but I just wanted to give special thanks to those two in particular, and I wanted to give a big thanks to John, too, for being a spiritual leader for our whole church, and as my direct supervisor at the, as the admin here. Um, Thank you for fostering a place where we can uh, be honest and open and vulnerable. And uh, you just really uh, lead with integrity and you bring me and I'm sure many of us much closer to God.
Hi guys, uh, my name's Jeff. Um, my great cloud of witnesses uh, includes my father, Clay Armstrong. My dad was a uh, worship leader uh, for uh, most of his adult life, and um, he taught me a ton, uh, mostly by just um, me being around him and observing, learning through osmosis. But what does it look like to, you know, really emotionally pour your heart into worship um, and express that through art? And he didn't teach a whole lot with words, but he taught a whole lot through his actions and just letting me see that. And, you know, King David talks about playing skillfully, right? What, uh, what does it mean to play skillfully in worship and make it about the Lord and not about you? And uh, my dad was a fantastic uh, mentor there, and I'm so grateful for his, um, uh, his leadership. I'm glad he was my dad. Uh, and I miss him. Um, I'm also grateful for our worship community uh, here at Access. Grateful for Jessica. Jessica, I'm grateful for your leadership. Um, but I'm grateful for uh, the folks who were, um, who've been around um, in the in the worship community here for longer than a couple of years. Whenever we get together on Monday nights for rehearsals, about half of us uh, have been here for you know a couple years or less. Uh, half of us have been here for longer than that. And um, the old timers, if you will, are super like accommodating and grateful for the rest of us and you know Christine and Jonah and I better stop naming names because I'll leave people off but if you've been here longer than a couple years you know who you are um, and uh, we are just so grateful for the way you've embraced us newcomers in, in worship and we love um, our faith village and our home and we're grateful thank you Hi, good morning. Uh, I'm Nate, and um, Jessica and I drove through uh, my mom's uh, small town in North Louisiana yesterday and hung out with my aunt and my cousin and drove past the, the street that was named after my grandfather. Um, his name was Ambrose Wales Nelson. He went by A.W., and he was a farmer, and um, by day, but by night, he was kind of an armchair theologian, and he would, uh, and this is in the, you know, 50s, 60s, all the way, passed away in the late 80s, and would, uh, you know, pre-Amazon get the catalogs and order the books, and um, and so every Christmas my mom gives me two or three of his books. Um, uh, he inspired me to go, you know, even after his passing, just kind of knowing what he did and read and studied inspired me to go to, to seminary and to uh, be a teacher. My mom's a teacher, so just kind of that legacy of... of uh, of passing that down and just the, the way that he would study the word, uh, the way that he would worship, he would he played the mandolin, he played the mandolin, and he would listen to um, to televan televangelists and I know that he would chew the meat and spit out the bones, but he would you know get what he could and again in the 80s he had a little tape recorder and he would put a tape in and hit record and lean it up against the TV so he could listen to it later and take notes and just little stories like that are so inspiring just about reading and studying and, and having a desire and hunger for the, uh, the Lord and, and the word really inspiring so I'm thankful for him
let's close this part out in song. encourage you to keep these people in mind. Uh, maybe shoot them a note uh, if that's possible to let them know the difference they've made in your life. And, uh, and know that God has called us to be that to other people. Amen? So let us run with perseverance, the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. Um, during this Advent season, there are a couple resources that we wanted to highlight that hopefully can keep all of us a little more grounded during what is an insane season often. And so the first is we have a, a Bible devotional that we're going to try to do as a community uh, that uh, goes through some Advent reflections. It starts today. Uh, there's the link there. We will email all this out to you as well, um, so you can have that link. Uh, and also there's an app called Pray As You Go that uh, is a guided meditation based on Ignatian spirituality that I've really enjoyed. Um, it's, it's just a short 12-minute thing. There's music, some scripture, and you just listen and you pray. Uh, and that might be kind of what you need during this time. All right, so please uh, choose one of those things, take advantage of it, and let's, let's be, uh, let's wait eagerly with hope and peace instead of the f usual frenetic energy that comes with Christmas, right? Um, and I hope you'll join us for the picnic next Sunday. All right, so let's say our sending prayer together as we wrap up today. Loving God, through all our years, let the church be a community where we learn about love and practice it, where we envision peace and work to build it, where we meet partners in faith who wish to abandon everything that cheapens our discipleship, where we discover gifts and offer them. May your spirit guide us towards joy and generosity in Jesus' name, in the way of Jesus. Amen. Thanks for being here with us today. We hope to see you next Sunday. Uh, be blessed. Go in God's peace.